Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Today, myself, Simon and Martin Keown looked ahead to the third round of the FA Cup. We discussed Sunderland's embarrassing blunder as they decked out parts of their stadium to make rivals Newcastle fans feel right at home. We also debated another VAR blunder which saw Dominic Calvert-Lewin showing a red against Crystal Palace. And Martin and Simon clash on whether or not Bukaya Saka needs more protection from Premier League referees. Now, I know you like to leave it late in the morning when you come in at one minute to ten. I love to be spontaneous, and you are, and you're brilliant. But, I mean, you you, you are out there chatting away to people. You're very popular in this building, I get it. Everybody wants to talk to Simon Jordan. And you joined me as as the programme is underway. He was behind me. Oh, he oh look, at him, look at him looking to blame other people. <laughs> I blame him. It wasn't me, sir. It's Martin Keown, Arsenal Invincible. Good morning. Um, morning, guys. Good morning. Happy New Year to you, both. Happy New Year yeah, to, to you. you. Happy New Year to you, Martin Keown. FA Cup weekend. You love the sound of that, don't you? Because you're oh, in love with the FA Cup. It's the reason I came into football. Watching Liverpool Newcastle all those years ago, 1974. Kevin Keegan was my boyhood hero. 3 0. And um, yeah, got two goals on the day. Mm. Steve Highway got the other one. Fantastic winger, never really got the credit Indeed. he deserved. Great, great youth development officer as well. He certainly was, mm. certainly was. A lot of youngsters came Keen through. Keegan was your boyhood hero. He wow. was, he was. Wow, wow. Um, so who was your forward at that point? Um, Peter Barnes. Peter Barnes, mm. who I saw Peter at Manchester and John, and John City Robertson. last season. And John Robertson, yeah. Yeah. Man, Man City at the time. Yeah. Great yeah. winger, wasn't Great he? winger, yeah. 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 Great, great skills. Yeah. Well, FA Cup weekend and it's all already underway. I, I, I don't know if I've seen rain like that last night, no, Simon. No, torrential, uh, wasn't it? Down yeah. here in the south Biblical. 
Somehow they got through it at Crystal Palace and somehow the game came to a conclusion and they've got to do it all again. That apart, no goals on the night and another big talking point. VAR, maybe unsurprisingly, at the heart of it because um, I don't know what I made of it at the time. I must be honest, when when, when I watched it, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, never in trouble before like this, never red-carded in his life and then gets red-carded. For those who don't know, the referee, Chris Kavanagh, went to the monitor, came back and then produced the red and off went Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Sean Dyche had plenty to say afterwards. And all this screen thing, oh my goodness, every fan in the country, surely I'm not just speaking for myself, it can't be, surely. Every fan was going, oh, why are we killing the game and the speed of it? When you go to that screen, we all know what's going to happen. So uh, anyway, it's a massive frustration to me, and I'm a fan of VR, but I just don't see what that's all about. Were you hoping that the referee, having reviewed it again, having seen it in real time and not made not any happen. action? That's the point. Was he, uh, this, were you hoping that he was going to turn around uh, well, and say, I, I, I no? I'll tell you what, I hope someone can send me a clip in of when it does get turned over, because I can't remember one. There must be one out there, but I, I have no clue what the stats are now. It's got to be like 99.7% that it's going to get agreed with. So what's the point in doing it? You know, if it's going to be 0.3 of a chance, if it gets out, what's the point? Yeah. Just bizarre to me. When they're on about speed in the game, by the way, that's the thing. So, I mean, that was, that was Sean, who somehow gets through post-match interviews uh, after giving his voice an absolute doing throughout the 90 minutes. If you want to slow-mo everything, you have to slow-mo everything. Uh, there's minor contact, and in live time, the referee, Chris Kavanagh, doesn't give anything. Then they slow it down, and then everything looks worse. Do you go with that, man? When it's in slow-mo... You see it totally differently to what actually happened in normal time. Yeah, it, it, it does look differently. And, but I think a part of protocol should be that the last incident that you look at is in real speed. So then you can actually look at it correctly and say, well, OK, what was it a foul or wasn't it? I, I was appalled with the decision, actually. I, I thought Calvert-Lewin was actually trying to slow down actually within the tackle. And I didn't see any contact. I thought the referee would go to the screen and immediately... Studs are up a little they bit. They are, but I don't think he makes contact. No, I agree. And I think he's trying to actually slow down the, the velocity as he goes into the challenge. And I couldn't quite understand why the referee, once he's put in that situation... I think I think VAR should actually stay out of it. Referee was happy at the time. But when he goes back to the screen, I think that should have been a moment where the referee said, you know what, no, no, I'm still comfortable. But I wonder what sort of pressure he'd have been under. I agree, Martin. That's that. what I thought was going to happen. When he went to the scene, I thought he was going to turn around and say, no, it's all right, Calvin Lewin, you stay on the pitch. But he red-carded him. The fact of the matter is this, Simon, he's now facing a three-game ban. If that's overturned, does that not undermine the technology? Well, the technology is, is interpreted. It's not the technology, it's the people that interpret it. And, uh, and, if, you, and if there was ever a case... To, um, to rescind something, I think there's a very good argument for that one, given the nature of the punishment that comes with it. I don't think making a mistake and then addressing the mistake afterwards is undermining it. I think you're undermining the officials and their decision, and every now and again people make mistakes and they have to be held accountable for them. I, you know, I look at the reaction of the player. I think it was Nathaniel, uh, Nathaniel Klein, yeah. and I don't think his reaction helps... Because if there's no contact, I don't think mm. he needs to make a four-act play out of it. And, and I've known Nathaniel since he was a young kid because he came out of my academy. He's not that sort of player. But they're all that sort of player these days because ultimately <laughs> they get themselves an opportunity to disadvantage the opposition. I think it's harsh. Martin, do you think that that was a, that was a clear... Was there a need for VAR to be involved from the outset? No, Did it look like a clear... Given the fact the referees made nothing, nothing of it... Do you think there was a clear and obvious call on that, which called for the VAR I don't in the first place, and then they and then they go with the initial decision? I, I, do you know? I, I don't think VAR was brought in for this type of thing. I think it was. No, like, I don't it, think it was either. It, it, it's they're getting the wrong VAR is going into the wrong area, Jim. 
why is it getting involved in this situation? I mm. mean, they must be embarrassed, the people that came up with the idea for VAR, because this is not their, it wasn't put in for, for this very reason. If you remember that you two were trying to sort of hold me to account about a, a review <laughs> panel, that do, do they look at this? Do they look at this, the group of former players, and, and what decision will they come to on this one, Jim? Because I, I really can't believe, I mean, I, I don't think Calvert-Lewin's an aggressive player, it doesn't got anything to do no, with it. No. But he's now going to miss three vital Premier League games. They've just lost the last three games. They need him back again. And that is a, it's a disgrace, really, because I don't think it's an aggressive tackle at all. No. I mean, it doesn't help when someone like Will Hughes, I think, I, I, I hope I'm not doing him a disservice, but he's saying to Calvert-Lewin, studs, studs. Mm. And obviously everybody, everybody's having their little say. Now, for the interesting, for, for, for the um, listeners this morning, what I can say is um, earlier on, before we came on air, um, refer- uh, producer Ryan and myself got in touch regards Kavanaugh's ultimate decision. We got in touch with the PGMOL. Again, Simon, yet to hear back from them. Mm-hmm. They've had an hour to get back to it and say, give us clarification as to why he arrived at the decision he arrived at. Because, to be quite honest, the vast majority of people watching it are baffled. I mean, the challenge is, and again, I maintain this position, that the referees on the field have to be the ultimate authority. Mm. And they are the ultimate authority. And they have to have the courage of their convictions. It's a terminology that gets trotted out by me on an almost daily basis in regards to this subject matter. If they believe that the decision that they made in the first instance in real time has resonance, then whilst you've got to accept that VAR will intervene at times when we don't think it should... It's still incumbent upon the referee, who can be subjective and objective in the same breath because he's there. He gets to be subjective in the moment because he makes a decision and he gets to be objective after the event. And the referees on the field have got to have more about them. Yeah. And, and less, I don't actually even think it's VAR's job to explain this. I think it's the on-field referee's job to explain it because the on-field referee... How does he do that? How does he explain it? Well, again, after the match, I get, well, whatever mechanism is deployed, because yeah. we'll get a, we'll get a PGMOL explanation at some point, and at it may well point. it may well come. What are they waiting for? Are they waiting for public opinion here? Are they waiting for managers? Opinion? Oh, I don't know what they're the feeling. I, I, don't, the I don't know what their protocols are. If their protocols are, I mean, there should be protocols that re- require them to be able to respond in a reasonable amount of time, and then they should be judged by those standards. Was everybody in work that night? So we're, we're sort of just after the Christmas period, a busy period. Was everyone I don't, there? I don't, I don't, in a Thursday night game? I don't know about conspiracy theories about FA Cup who, who game. Well, you'd, well like, you'd like to think that's immaterial, isn't it? If the players can all be there and, and working and the grounds can be open, but you'd I expect... Agree, I agree with you, Simon. At some stage, we need to hear from Kavanagh, i.e. Yeah. this morning, because he's in a, a statement via the PGMOL. It's, it's the PGMOL. It's not VAR that have made this decision. Yeah. It's VAR that have guided the referee to give him an opportunity to make a decision and yeah. the referee's gone with them rather than what There's he a regular listener, originally. Darren Wigley, saying no doubt slowing it down influences the referee's decision maybe it does because but it gives them time to but ponder still, over I, it even in the slow motion I don't still don't think it's a red card yeah yeah. Simon the replay incidentally is expected to take place on the 17th of January yeah. slap bang in the middle of the Premier League's winter break well that's great for Sean Dyche because Sean Dyche has been complaining about not wanting a winter break I mean, so he should be pleased. He gets precisely what he wants. This, earlier this week he was remarking upon the fact that the only beneficiaries of a winter break are the bigger clubs okay Sean you don't have a winter break now. You've got you've got a replay, so you should be happy. Do you think they'll overturn Calvert Lewin's red card? There's I been such I, an outcry I, about I, it. I think I think given well, the integrity of the game comes into question, a decision has been made that's universally accepted as being wrong, except on that moment in that particular time when it's it's the most pivotal part of the equation. Yeah, I I think it should be overturned. Yeah, because I think it's a poor decision. Sure. Just on but, Palace, Simon. Before we hit the break, this is your club. You love the club. Uh, I know it still has a big place in your heart. Southgate was there last night, uh, yeah, I saw watching that, it all yeah. unfold. 
As and when Roy goes... He'll be an irony about that, wouldn't he? What do you think? Well, how, how would you greet that news if we were to hear post the Euros, Gareth lands at Palace? Well, I, I think Gareth Southgate is an international manager that's done very well in managing the media and has had a remarkable embarrassment of riches of players. And so as a result of that, has been able to trade off that currency. And quite frankly, given the talent he's got at his disposal, it would be quite embarrassing if he hasn't achieved the things that he's achieved. Now, translate that into domestic football. Do I think Gareth Southgate is an elite manager or a Premier League manager? I don't. I don't. So the irony of it is for me... Dollars for donuts. I'll be watching Gareth Southgate in the dugout at Crystal Palace in about 18 months' time. Now, listen, you know, Southgate has operated at a very high level internationally, but there's a vast, vast, vast difference between managing Crystal Palace and what you're given as the people at your disposal, i.e. the resources that you've got, and having an international team that's littered now, yeah. littered yeah. with top-class and some of them actually genuinely world-class footballers. Your 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. So much going on and look no further than TalkSport for coverage of it. Because tonight, uh, Brentford against Wolves in the FA Cup third round. You can hear it live on TalkSport 2. And then at 8 o'clock, Tottenham against Burnley. Again, the third round of the FA Cup live on TalkSport. Hugh Woosencroft, Nigel Adley on duty for that. So too is... Uh, Matt Holland so if it's FA Cup action you're into and you want to listen to TalkSport will bring you it it's as simple as that nine live commentaries over the weekend one of them being tomorrow at 12.45 live in TalkSport wow couldn't believe it when this came out of the hat Sunderland against Newcastle so in itself yeah that's mouth-watering but then that extra bit of spice has been provided to it because Sunderland would you believe it had to issue an apology after a fan backlash last night forced a club into an embarrassing U-turn and take down the Newcastle United signs that had been put up inside the Stadium of Light before this weekend's FA Cup tie. It's the first time we are derby in seven years. Newcastle have been given 6,000 tickets, but 750 of those are for the Black Cats Bar, a corporate hospitality area inside the stadium. The signs read, keep the black and white flying high. We are united and away the lads in the Tyneside spelling. I mean, you couldn't make it up, Simon. What on earth has happened here. The man at the top of the club, the young gentleman who runs Sunderland, himself came out and said, sorry, th this uh, really was unacceptable. Kirill Louis-Dreyfus, who we tried just before we came on air, but Kirill decided not to pick up. Maybe, maybe it's because he can't. We don't know. But he says, I take full responsibility for ev every decision that is taken by the employees of our club. And you have my word that I will personally make sure we make the necessary changes required to improve. Yeah. I mean, it's an own goal, and it's red faces all round. But is it any more than that? Not really. But given the, given the context of this game, and given the microcosm of a game between Sunderland and Newcastle, which hasn't happened for a long time, the rivalry between these two clubs is immense. So... Why in God's name would anybody within the confines of Sunderland... I mean, he's, he's gone stronger than this, the, the young owner of, of, of Sunderland, said he's disgusted by it. So that means there's probably someone's head's going to roll. But I can't imagine why anybody would be thinking that that was acceptable. I can't imagine, going back in my little world, to allowing Millwall 
or, or any or Brighton, any of our major rivals that we consider to be rivals, or any London football club. If it was Arsenal, if it was Tottenham coming down, somebody internally must Simon. Someone internally must have got permission to actually carry out those. Well, you wonder who would have given that permission and at what level that permission was granted, because clearly the owner doesn't know much about it, and I'm I'm suspecting that the chief executive must have half a brain and think that that isn't appropriate. You know, it's one thing making your opposition feeling moderately welcome, and even I was not particularly keen on that. But it's another thing sort of laying down and saying, oh, we're the poor relations, come and, and, and potentially desecrate our stadium with your nonsense. It's the last thing I would Do you imagine. think it's a sackable offence? Well, I don't think it's a rewardable offence. I don't think you should be rewarded for that thinking. I should think. You should, I think the person that's allowed that and the commercial team that's allowed that to happen and engaged with Newcastle said, make yourselves at home. Needs to be had a word in his show like. Have you seen the pictures? It almost looks and like graf- kicked out graffiti, the door. doesn't it, the way it's done? It's very amateurish. Well, is, it's, is it, it's just it's not internal. New, it's not an internal Newcastle fan amongst them, amongst the Sunderland fans, is it? No, I think it's well. I, I, they've, well, they have to get access for a start, and ultimately, whoever's allowed it has allowed it. And people have not not seen it. It's been put up, and there's been. Can facilitated. you imagine them doing this at the, at the Emirates for Spurs coming to? to it, well, exactly. The Apparently, the Newcastle fans have known about this since mid December that that this was going to happen. Well, again, I mean, that makes it even more perplexing. It makes it even more unfathomable because it, I mean it's one thing with, a, with having a moderately warm welcome and and it, you know again I wasn't particularly big on that. It's another thing allowing somebody to come in your stadium and personalise it. The hell are you thinking about? Why would you want to do it? And on what grounds would you think it has anything to do with with reflecting the sentiments of a huge rivalry? You're not the runt of the litter. You might be in the championship currently. Newcastle aren't the all singing, all all all, all dancing uh, reflection of the northeast. You're a proud football club. Why would you allow this? It is a storm in a teacup. But why put yourself in the way of this? I, I know you would come at it from that point of view, Simon, that you, you're made to feel that you are there making up the numbers. It's Sunderland are there making up the numbers. Well, it looks like you're, it, doesn't you're, it? You're, the, you're the host team. Exactly. And, and you've put yourself in this position. Sunderland fans, what do you think about this? Newcastle fans, are you having a laugh up your sleeves this morning to, at it? 03717223344. Not only that, Martin, Sunderland have been fined, reportedly, for a misprint on the, the ticket. For the weekend, Sunderland reportedly fined for printing League One on this weekend's FA Cup ticket. I mean, they've had a howler all round <laughs> going into this. What they need yeah. to do now is go out and and beat Newcastle. They do, but and then all will be forgiven. Well, I'm hoping for an outstanding game, a bumper crowd. They've been getting 41, 42,000 for home matches. I think the capacity there is 48,000. It's bad, truly they're remarkable. They're not bad, it? Sunderland. They're six in the table. They're not bad. You saw them play yeah. against Hull, didn't you? Uh, I did. A good and win. I, and I was impressed with Sunderland's front three um, with Joe Bellingham and they got a, a left winger that scored the goal for them Jack that won Clark. the game. But I was impressed with the setup and how structured and thoughtful they were because they just shut Hull down. Hull didn't look like scoring for the entire yeah, game. Yeah, I saw them banana, wall and they came back skin, into it at the end. For, for, for Newcastle, when you well, see the, the form that they're in well, it's right not, now. It's not, it's not the kind of game I suspect that Eddie Howe really wants to have to deal with, given the fact there's noise beginning to brew. There's, there's people beginning to suggest that the, the, the manager of the table-topping La Liga side, Girona, yeah, he's potentially on Newcastle owners' list of things to do. Sanchez is because he's doing such a remarkable job at that club. All of a sudden, they're looking in that direction. It's not. This is not. It's a game that Newcastle should go and win. Let's have it right. That's right. There should be a golfing it. class, though, shouldn't they? Well, I mean, there should be. We look should at, be. And we look. I mean, these are only six in the championship. When you look at the teams that have come up: Burnley, Sheffield United, Luton this year. And what are we got? Twelve wins between them. So you know, with I think they have got nine Newcastle. So Newcastle should be far too. 
far too good. You would think. But let's see. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Martin, nobody better to ask than this. Arsenal, we understand. Well, we don't understand. We know it to be true because it's been reported in a whole variety of different news outlets. Arsenal have complained to the PGMOL about the rough way that opponents have treated uh, Saka, Bukayo Saka. Apparently fouled 87 times this season. They're saying roughhouse tactics and we're not having it. But he's only third on the list. Most fouled, Jordan Ayew of Palace. Then comes Newcastle's Bruno Guimaraes, and then comes Busaya Saka. But that hasn't stopped Arsenal going to the PGMOL, saying we're not happy with the treatment that Saka gets. He needs more protection. Martin, in your view, number one, is your former club right to go to the PGMOL and complain about the, the tough treatment as they see it on Saka? And number two, more protection. What does that look like? Well, the thing I'm surprised at most of all here, just to turn this round, is that Saka's not top of this list. How is it that he's not top of this list? Because whenever I, because, because you want him to be? No, because my interpretation of watching games is that he is the most foul player currently in the Premier League. He used to be Grealish. He used to be Grealish, but he should be. This is the point. But this is the, no, but he should be. Why? And the reason I because cling to that, the to reason be. I cling to that is because referees, and this is all Arsenal are saying, isn't it? That why are they waiting so, so third or fourth ta- uh, tackle or foul before they book players around Saka. It, on occasions... But why aren't you, on, Palace on a, kicking on a, on a, up about Ayu? On occasions... Why aren't Newcastle kicking up about Bruno? Well, if you look at Ayu and Bruno, they appear remarkably, just to do my own research, just because obviously you try and create a narrative. Why is it that they also... <laughs> why do they appear in the top 10 for most fouls made? I don't see Saka in that, in that list. Do you remember Kevin Davis back in the day was the most foul player and the player who made the most fouls? Yeah, because he Sometimes, was. to take nothing away from him, but there are some players that play on the edge. Now, I think that Bruno is one of those, and I think that Ayu is one as well. I think Saka genuinely is the one who gets fouled because he's trying to be creative. 
And I think the talented players will always be targeted. But Martin, you sit in they here will always screaming statistics. I need statistics. We're giving you but statistics. He's is, third on the list. He should be 87, top. He should be 30 top. fewer than Jordan Ayew. He should be top. I watch you Robert. want statistics? I We're giving you statistics. strong arm tactics. So the statistics don't lie. To take lie. nothing away from Fulham the other day, I watched strong arm tactics. Yeah. I, w- I saw Polinho nearly t- decapitate Saka after taking a shot. <laughs> yeah. He got away with it because he was having a shot at goal. They are becoming very, very physical, and I understand why. Why it is? It's dangerous game to ask for extra protection. Maybe it's that Arsenal just need to defend themselves a little bit more, but then their discipline might go. But he's asking for protection, and all the good players, Jim, they deserve an element of protection. Okay, and I think that Saka but, should be top of this. But again, list. I ask you, what does that look like? This element of okay, extra... what it looks like. I'm uh, telling you how they. No, feel. but that's the important aspect. They, they, Arsenal obviously want something to change. If you feel so passionately about what is that something, something to change? What what, is, what does that look like? What Be more lenient. I think what they're saying is basically they don't want a free pop at Saka because we're going to be losing our best talent. I mean, I, what you want is teams to do it by fair means. And I think you can do that. I think you can do that within the rules. I think you can load up players around him. In By and large, Fulham did that. But on occasions, they were quite physical. Um, and it's in those moments that you're looking to get bookings. I think the bookings that follow... Statistically, if you do the most dribbles, which he is a, he's renowned for, then you're going to get likely the most challenges. I'm surprised that you as a former defender think that the physicality of that... I don't think they go over the top with Saka any more than they've gone over the top with other players. I think that ultimately Arsenal are a busy bunch of sods as a football club. You know, they write. They, their manager goes on television and gets a, gets away with a ridiculous rant under the auspice of a rule that says he didn't criticise an individual. No, he just criticised the entire refereeing fraternity, set it all on fire, used evidence about referees in Europe, which was statistically and factually wrong, has been proven to be wrong by the performances of European referees, got away with it. His club writes a letter doubling down on the ridiculousness of his behaviour, and now they're writing letters to the PGMA whining about their player getting a bit of physicality. I don't know what's going on with the game. It's a game for lightweights now. It is, it's a physical game. Saka is a player that, that, that dwells on the ball and, and, and does well with the ball, and that's part of his game. And he's going to invite challenges, so he's going to get more fouls. Statistically, he doesn't. He gets less fouls, and what you're doing is coming up with some ridiculous argument no, it's about not ridiculous how many argument fouls they give away. If, and you were Kevin Davis, enough, if you were smart enough to look at the bigger picture, Kevin Davis, you'd recognise that he is being fouled the most. But he's not getting the fouls. But, but, but this is what but they're that's saying. What you're, but that's they are subjective. saying, look, let's. let's but that's let's, subjective. You, you, if you've watched every. When you watch the Fulham game, you'll watch it back because I did this week. There are four or five so what you're saying is referees which are, are borderline, are and the referees specifically is going the and wrong that, way, in my you, opinion. But how do you know then, just out of curiosity, that there aren't borderline challenges that Ayo wasn't given a foul for against? Or. Well, why is he appearing in the top 10 for fouls made? What's, but what's that got to do with the price of Because they are players that are actually on the edge. F- fantastic. Saka's and bringing not, up he's Kevin Davis from early 2000, a different kind of player, centre forward. We're talking about. Players, wingers no? here. There's been of a move towards this, hasn't there, in the last 10, 15 years we, to do we, so. We know that the, by the nature of how many goals are being scored in the Premier League, that this is now a game for attackers. And, the, they, and they've got more insulation, more protection than they've ever had before. And I'm amazed that you sit here in all good faith suggesting well, that there isn't amazed. enough protection for players. I understand. Because, Look, would I have done that? I think it's one of those... You'd have sent them in the stands. Well, it's a little bit like <laughs> it being in the playground at school. I think you, you have to stand up and protect yourself. Now, the Arsenal team of old, with your Vieiras and your Petites and everybody else, we'll, just, we'll get into a fight. Do it on a pitch. We'll sort it out. We we'll protect our players. I think I'd like to see a little bit more where the players are running around. You might not like this. Going to the referee and saying, "Look, let's get protection here and now." 
let's sort it out. Because it was happening against Fulham, and I thought Fulham were bullying Arsenal. And I think this is what we're, lo- we're looking at. So you're at. saying, Mark, maybe, maybe let the players kind of take it on board? I think so. I think and, I'd and like do to see, their bit to I'd protect, like to s- if indeed they think well, this about Saka. Within as opposed to getting in touch with authorities. Maybe this sort of culture exhibits the way, the reasons why Arsenal bottled it last year, which is what they did, and they may well underachieve this year against a spend. Spending £250 million in an August transfer window and now asking for more money. I think that people are able to suss them out because obviously they're becoming quite predictable. They bottled it last year. I'm saying this year, I don't think they're bottling it. They've lost... You know, quite a lot. No, they're of games. Whining They've about lost quite a lot of games recently. Martin, is it mm. not just a case though that Saka, being the player he is, and an extremely talented player as well, who did, did, who obviously creates a lot of attention around himself because mm. of his ability, is as Simon says, going to get kicked. He's a target, and it's whether or not it's going over the top. And, and he's got to live it, with that. It, is it too much? Of course, he has. Of course, he has. He protect himself, and he has to get better at that. You know, we we often see Greedish, don't we? Who who seems to draw the foul in a slightly different way. But I do feel he's been targeted, and we want referees to get it right. But I think, to a certain extent, when human nature comes into it, I think a referee will go the other way. When you complain, that's the concern for me now. They've waved a flag at it, and do the referees say, "No, no"? Do you know what? It could get worse for Saka before it gets better. Because, because Arsenal have complained about it, possibly because they're not complained. But I think it's going to be very. They've raised awareness. But they did this about all, I, all I'm saying, but they is, did this a couple of years you know, ago. If it's a foul, give a foul. And I think there's been a lot of incidents where Saka goes to ground and referees just wave play on. And I'm thinking it's a foul. Now I may be looking through these this prism of these rose tinted glasses, as Simon so often uses that phrase. <laughs> but I see it maybe differently. I'm trying to be as impartial as I can, and I'm thinking he's getting fouled a lot, Jim. More than anyone else, certainly more than I, you, and Bruno. But then, why aren't the fouls being given? Because the referees aren't gi- giving the fouls, but Simon, given, and that is the but, issue. So okay, why aren't they giving them? Statistically, they are because he's the third most fouled uh, offensive. You should player. be way, way ahead of everybody. But that's else. your view because you're being you're being subjective about it. But if you were being objective about it and look at it, you'd say, okay, it's across nineteen games, however many games he's played this season, eight, ten different referees have all decided that in every single game they won't give fouls because. Um, Saka's been on the receiving end of it or maybe they're just not fouls some people are good at disguising when it's a foul that's why I was talking to you about Kevin Davis he was fantastic at he's it he's a centre forward he's leaning all over you and, he, and, and making a foul and then the next thing the referee gives a foul against me and it's like well hold on ref he's the one backing in not me Right, so it's down. To, that was down to that's interpretation, a kind of foul, though, isn't it? it? What you're doing is with Saka is your Kevin Davis wasn't a creative player. Come on, let's be honest about it. He was a battering ram of a centre forward. What he did, of course, and I know Kevin because he played at Millwall for Theo, so I know full, full well what he did. Right. So the point is this: is I'm not talking about that, but we're talking about creative players, right? Players like Saka that are dribbling with the ball, and you, in your view, they're getting hatcheted, and I don't well, think that's the case. Your 100% essential download, outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken. Please leave us a review from wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back Monday to bring you the best of the show. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.